Welcome, everybody, to another Vince August podcast. Oh, my God, do I have stuff to talk about this week. My head nearly exploded on social media this week. Uh, my Facebook page nearly became a war zone. <laughs> it's unbelievable how some people just really bring their own emotion and read their own thing into a post or a comment. It's really mind-numbing to me how people don't read what you write and automatically think that the post is about something else. I mean, it, it's it's really crazy. And it's almost, you make one statement, and the statement in return has nothing to do with what you just said. And I'm going to jump right into this. I want uh, there's so much stuff I want to cover in this thing, but the the first thing I got to get into is a post I put up this week about um, Donald Trump and his criticism of this Judge Curiel. And I'm going to read my Facebook post, okay? And I want somebody out there to please try to justify some of the insanity that I was getting back. And I'm going to tell you what I mean by insanity in some of the replies. Here's my post. The New Jersey Supreme Court determined it was necessary to protect the public from the, quote, mere appearance, quote, of my bias in the court based upon my stand-up and acting performances. Most agree this is ludicrous. In fact, I'm going to divert from the post for a second. In fact, I just spoke to an attorney today who, when he answered the phone, we have a deal together, said, where do I know you from? I said, I, I don't know. He said, I know your name. And I said, maybe it was that Supreme Court thing. Oh, my God. Yeah, he goes, boy, that was the most ridiculous decision ever. I get that nine out of ten times. That was the most ridiculous decision ever. And to be honest, I'm, be, I'm saying nine out of ten, assuming that someone who tells me that it's ridiculous thinks the opposite because I've never heard anyone tell me otherwise. Okay, whatever. Let me continue on. Most agree this is ludicrous, meaning the, the decision. Okay. The public had to be protected to the point where I had to choose between careers. Now, this is what the Supreme Court basically said to me. And again, I'm I'm diverging from my post for a second. The Supreme Court said, listen, what you say, what you do on stage, some people can't see through the fact that it's a performance and it's an act. They think that's what you really think and believe, whether you're playing a character on TV or not. We can't Assume the public perception understands that that's just a character. We're going to have to assume that they believe that that's who you really are as a person. And those are your qualities as a person. I found that to be nuts. Absolutely nuts. I respected the decision and said, you know what? I'll walk away. It's not worth it for me to fight this thing. I didn't have money to fight it anyway. Okay. Here's back to my post. Trump is attempting to extend that bias to a judge's race based upon Trump's statements about building a wall on the border. Basically saying, if I say something that's not offensive, that other people find to be offensive, and you are part of the group being considered the offended, then you have a bias against me. Now, 
if you're hearing that and not reading it, maybe it's a little confusing. So I will explain what I mean on that. What Donald Trump is trying to do to this judge and in, in saying that he's biased, Trump, and he said it over and over in the interview with CNN. And I forget the CNN reporter. It's all over the place. I'm sure you've seen it where he goes, I'm building a wall. I'm building a wall. He's a Mexican. I'm building a wall. What Trump basically says, listen, I'm building a wall. Now, I don't think that that's offensive. I don't think it's racist that I want to protect our country in one breath. In the other breath, he's saying, if you're Mexican, if you're Latino, or one of the people out there criticizing me for wanting to build that wall, you're taking that offensively. My wall is not meant to be offensively, uh, meant to be offensive, but you're taking it as an offense. Now, he extends that by saying, now, if you happen to be one of the people offended by my wall, which is nothing more than a protection of this country, it's not offensive, there's nothing offensive, Mexicans love me, they all love, all the Latinos love me, Mexicans love me. Okay, so if all the Mexicans love you, if all the Spanish people love you, then there should be nothing offensive about your wall. But you're acknowledging that some people are offended by it. And what you're saying is that this judge, who, by the way, does not fit the character and quality of the type of Mexican Trump was referring to when he said, they're sending all of our bad people here. They're sending bad people. They're not sending good people. Look at what we're getting. We're getting criminals. We're getting... Okay, hold on a second, Mr. Trump. This judge is certainly not one of those bad people, A. B, he didn't run across a border. He is an American citizen. His parents came from Mexico, much like my parents came from Italy. So to call him a Mexican when he's truly an American with Mexican heritage, and you keep saying over... I mean, it was really... To watch that interview, I don't know how someone watching that interview, whether you're a Trump supporter or a Hillary Clinton hater, how can you watch that interview and not say, listen, the guy, yeah, he just doesn't know how to answer questions. He doesn't know how to speak at times. He just, he shoots from the lip a couple times too often. You know what? Yeah, it wasn't the best chosen words. You know, he, he, he looked a little stupid in that interview. What is so wrong with saying that? What is so wrong? Let me tell you something. There is not a presidential candidate out there. There's not a human being alive that is above criticism. Now, just because I criticize Trump, right away people take that as an endorsement of Hillary Clinton. Criticizing one person is not an endorsement of somebody else. Stop it. And this is the problem with people. They don't listen to the quote. They immediately invoke their own emotion and their own opinion into hearing something. So when I posted, Trump, your statement is misplaced. You know what I would get back? A what? Hillary Clinton's at her any better? She wants to build a fence on the border. What the hell does Hillary Clinton building a fence on the border have anything to do with Donald Trump's statement? I am not, this is not about what Hillary says or didn't say. This is about Trump. 
when Trump says something stupid, if your defense to the argument is, well, Hillary Clinton says stupid things too. That's, I'm not arguing Hillary Clinton doesn't say stupid things. That's not my argument. My argument is he said something stupid. Acknowledge it. Acknowledge it. That's all. Acknowledge he said something stupid. But what the problem is right now, people that are, and, and I really believe this is the case, people that are in the Trump camp, I think half of them like Donald Trump. I think half of the people supporting Trump like him. I think the other half detest Hillary Clinton. When it comes to Hillary Clinton, I believe half of the people like her, and I believe the other half detest Donald Trump. So what happens now is everyone trenches themselves in. Everyone digs in their heels, and nobody gives an inch. Nobody's going to back down and admit that we have two candidates— that are probably not right for this job. Oh my God. I am telling you right now, I don't like either one of these candidates to be my president. And that I've chosen who I'm going to vote for? Absolutely not. If you put me in that booth today, I would walk out of it. I would walk out of it. I would look at it like you ever stand outside a restaurant and you're looking at the menu and you're going, do I really want to eat here? I'd be like, nah, you know what? I really don't. I would walk out because... Today, as I sit here today, June 10th, 2016, that I know who I'm voting for? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because I'm really sitting back and waiting for a third-party candidate. I'll be honest with you. I'm sitting back waiting for any other option than these two right now. That's how I feel about who's running for president. Just so we're clear on my political affiliation and ideology. Okay, because I'm not a registered Republican. I'm not a registered Democrat. I'm not a registered independent. I've never declared an allegiance to a political party ever. Done. End of story. I don't like either one of these candidates. I vote for people. I don't vote for parties. That's the way I've always been. Getting back to my point, it's amazing how people interpret statements to suit their own emotions and their own reaction. Um, now, this cuts both ways. Today, I put up something that the New York Post had put up in their paper. And I'm going to get, oh, I got to write a note to myself. New York Post and how people love to criticize different media outlets. Okay. And here's my post again. It begins. This came up in a conversation yesterday as Hillary Clinton gave a speech on economic inequality wearing a $13,000 Armani jacket. Sort of like wearing leather chaps and a fur coat to a PETA convention. I would hope that everyone is insightful enough to know and understand neither, in all caps, presidential candidates are, quote, one of us. Neither, in all caps, can relate to us in our daily lives. But for Clinton to be and represent the first woman running for office, in my opinion, she should be a symbol for women that is about intelligence, strength, and compassion as a woman. Those are qualities that make women strong. Now, also, I did not say those are the only qualities that make women strong. Those are qualities that make women strong. Focusing on wardrobe makes her consistent with the Kardashian mold of women. My point is twofold, twofold here. One, I don't want to see Hillary Clinton running for presidency and start getting caught up in hair and wardrobe. And this is the sexist society that we live in does this and perpetuates it. And as a woman running for office, what I'm saying is 
Hillary, don't fall into the trap. Don't fall into the Marsha Clark trap that we saw during the 90s when the trial of the century was on TV and she became more concerned with her appearance than winning the... Oh my God, I got to censor myself. Than winning the case. You have to run for president. You're running for office. Worry about winning the election. Don't start worrying about your wardrobe and hair. You should be above that. You should be better than that. That's my point. She shouldn't be worried about labels. And Now, does that mean she shouldn't have, you know, appropriate attire? Does that, does that mean I'm not saying, you know what, go shop at TJ Maxx? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, though, is when you start getting into $12,000 Armani, come on, man, that's extreme. This is Kardashian-type stuff. That's extreme. I'm not talking about a two, $3,000 suit, which is still something the average person cannot relate to. I'm, we're talking about a stratosphere of $12,000. Come on, man. The overreaction to that post when people all of a sudden started turning me into some type of sexist and say, well, it's okay for men to wear $2,000 suits. Who the have... Oh, man, I really want to curse on this podcast. I should have to label this one explicit because I'm ready to explode. Who said anything about, you know what, it's okay for men, not okay for women in that post? Who said that? In fact, listen to the rest of the post. Here's the rest of what I wrote. Hold on one second. It just scrolled down. I want to make sure. I understand that the candidates get assigned stylists and are dressed based on focus groups. But then she can't say she's one of us and understand the struggles. She also can't say she's making decisions based upon her own convictions. I don't think for a minute Hillary Clinton is the type of person that went shopping at Armani and picked out that jacket. This is what her people are giving her. What I'm saying is, you know what Hillary said? Listen, I'm not wearing that. Giorgio Armani is not who I am. That's not me. And it's not who she is. It's really not. And say, you know what? I don't need to wear $12,000 jackets. I'm above it. First of all, the jacket's horrendous looking. Second of all, that's not what she should be. Now, again, people started getting like, and I shouldn't say people, like one or two people turned this into a sexist argument. Here's the next two people I criticize in my post. Listen to this. They all do it. Holy crap. My next line. They all, all, not all women, not all men. They all, all includes everybody, people, every gender, every race, every religion, everything, all, they all do it. DiCaprio flying from France to New York City and back to accept an environmental award. He did that. He took a private private plane from Con Festival to New York City to get an award and flew back to Con to finish out the Con Festival and he got an environmental award in between. Come on, man. Clooney, George Clooney, another guy I'm attacking, talking about taking in refugees and opening up borders when he has five mansions around the world with plenty of empty space and, oh, yeah, plenty of security too, George. I mean, listen, I am attacking the hypocrisy of the system. All, all. I mean, you got to be kidding me that people immediately start trenching themselves in that, oh, you're offending women. What are you reading? No, 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 no. I am not offending women. You're bringing your own personal anger and vitriol against the, the male, you know, dominated society. Hey, listen, I didn't create the gender gap. 
okay? I didn't create the gender inequality. All right, so so to, to put it on me and say, well, you're, you know what? You're a typical guy. Are you serious? Are you serious? Are we that entrenched in battles? Is everything going to be male, female, Democrat, Republican, black versus white, Spanish versus white, Spanish versus black, Asian versus black? Are we really going to do this? Is this is this the divisive language that we want to start doing? Is are we going to take every single statement and break it down and be divisive? And the thing that really pisses me off about it is these are people that know me. But the problem is right now people aren't reacting to my post saying, "Oh, you know what? I know Vin. I know what he means." But no. They react based on again their own feeling and you say anything bad about my candidate, I'm going to bash the other one. Why don't you own it? Here's the best part. Here's my favorite part about it. Before And by the way, the post got a lot of likes by women. Just a couple people that just saw and read their own thing, which I really, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked at people. I mean, come on, man. Read the post. Read the post. Read what I'm saying. Don't automatically assume and throw in your own agenda when I'm talking about something. It had nothing to do with Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump. That's not what it was about. So I posted this. This is a video of Jon Stewart being asked a question um, about Hillary Clinton and his response to Hillary Clinton. And, and you're going to love this. So I, I really hope this plays nice and loud. Tell me about Hillary Clinton as an opponent to him. And, and, and I've what, never what run you, against her. So what, you're, uh, what, what, what would you be saying about her if you were doing your show right What now? I think about Hillary Clinton is, uh, you know, I imagine to be a very bright woman without the courage of her convictions, because I'm not even sure what they are. So... I would suggest that when I watch her campaign, when I watch her campaign, it reminds me of, and again, I'm throwing out references that mean absolutely nothing to anybody, so I, I will continue to do that. Uh, she reminds me of Magic Johnson's talk show. And I won't say I anything. Yeah, you have that thought too, huh? If you ever watched Magic Johnson talk, Magic Johnson was a charming individual, but he wasn't a talk show host. And when you watched his show, you could almost see Arsenio's advice to him in real-time rendering. So he would sit, and he would go, uh, my first guest tonight, oh, Arsenio said, enthusiasm is something that itself is, uh, my first guest tonight is, share, everybody! But it never seemed authentic and real to his personality. It seemed like he was wearing uh, an outfit designed uh, by someone else for someone else to be someone else. And that is not to say that she is not preferable to Donald Trump, because at this point, I would vote for Mr. T over Donald Trump. But, but she will, I think she will be in, in big trouble if she can't find a way. And, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe a real person doesn't exist underneath there. I don't know. You, uh, did you, you worked, uh, you, you, dabbled on the government side when you were advocating for the Zadroga Act. 
for 9-11 uh, survivors. Did you work with her when she was senator of New York on that? No. So you never I had worked any... with uh, Kristen Gillibrand. Mm -hmm. I see. So who's, who's, she was out of the Senate by she's then. She's terrific. Kristen Gillibrand is, is terrific. She, so Hillary was out of the Senate by then. Yeah, you, you must have had her on your show. Yes. And what was that like? Really cool. <laughs> it's, uh, look, <laughs> there are politicians who are either rendering their inauthenticity in real enough time to appear authentic, and then there are politicians who render their inauthenticity through, it's like when your computer, you want to play, if you have a Mac and you want to play a Microsoft game yes. on it, yes. and there's that weird lag. Yes. That's, no, I mean, that's I, I think that's Clinton. a big problem. There's like a seven-second delay, and all the words come out in a perfectly politically right. calibrated sentence. Right. Now, what gives me hope in that is that there's a delay, which means she's somehow fighting something. I've seen politicians who don't have that delay and render their inauthenticity in real time, and that's when you go, that's a sociopath. All right, hopefully you heard that. If not, please, please, please look this up. Uh, John Stewart on Hillary Clinton, May 9th, 2016. Uh, it's on YouTube, and it's funny. I posted that on the same post on Facebook, and people that were arguing against you know, what I said about Hillary Clinton say, excellent clip. So it seems as if it comes from someone from the left. You can mock someone on the left. If it comes from someone on the right, you can mock someone. On, I mean, it's, it's insane what's happening in this country. And then here's something else that I'm seeing on social media that's really bothering me is that when people put, you know, I, I saw your post on, on politics. No one cares. You know, yeah, hey, that's great. You have a political opinion. No one cares. You know what? Let me tell you something. The worst thing than not having an not having an opinion is telling people to not have an opinion. If you don't have an opinion about this political presidency, if you don't have an opinion about where this country is going in terms of voting, in terms of the problems in this country, that's one thing. But to, to basically tell people no one cares about your opinion, you know what? That's really disgusting because then what you're saying is we don't need to have a discussion. You know, it's not necessary to have a discussion. You keep your opinion. I'll keep my opinion. We're going to walk around like zombies and just everyone's going to mind their own business. No, we are human beings. We are social in nature. It is for us to learn how to communicate with one another. Not how to stop communicating with one another. And not how to read our own emotion into everything somebody says. We have to learn in this country to communicate better. Not stop communicating. It's really, really disturbing what's going on in America right now. It really is. And I, you know, I really hope people start waking up about it. And with regards to the media, this is the other thing. I've noticed that on a thread, when you're having an argument with someone or an exchange with someone. If you put up a reference to the post, oh, well, it's the post. You put NBC, oh, well, it's NBC. You could put up any reference and no matter what, oh, well, you believe MSNBC. Oh, you're going to believe Fox. Oh, you're going to believe this. Well, what, what, what news source 
is can we all agree on what the most credible news source is? I mean, I literally had someone argue with me that Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton are racist and they put up a picture that someone clearly altered on the Internet. It was it's so obvious if you Google it, it's all over the place. It's Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton supposedly at a Halloween party. He's wearing overalls and she's in blackface. And if you look at the picture, anybody with a half of a brain cell left, the zombies from the movie, the TV show, The Walking Dead could look at that picture and say, oh, it's it's photoshopped. This person said, look, here's Hillary Clinton. Here's the best part about the picture. If you look at the picture, the picture has Hillary Clinton's face and hairstyle from modern day, modern day. But yet it's supposed to be a picture of her when she was younger. The picture of of Hillary Clinton in blackface has brown eyes. Hillary Clinton has blue eyes. I mean, and then I put how Snopes has identified this picture as a Photoshop picture, putting the original picture underneath. And then here's the the comment I got back from this person on this this thread. Oh, you're going to believe Snopes? Well, who can we believe? What are the sources you find credible? What sources out there are credible Give me the list of sources that are credible in this day and age. Look, Katie Couric just did a video of an an interview with people from the NRA, and she put in an extra long pause to make the people that she was interviewing look worse. And at first she said, no, we did that editing for dramatic effect. Well, you're not making a drama movie, Katie Couric. You are making an interview that was based on fact, that was based on information that you were putting out to educate the public. You're not allowed to use creative editing to do that. Okay, that's an example of the media lying. And listen, our State Department has done it too. Our state We just had this whole thing with the State Department editing out portions of videos and transcripts when talking about information and the person got all offended and said, Oh, I'm being attacked. Listen, I understand we have a distrust for our media. I understand we have a distrust for the news, but when you start believing pictures of memes that are clearly doctored and when there's other authority out there that says, look, here's the picture. This is who the real people were. Look at the picture. Now, Hillary Clinton didn't look like that when she was young. That's obviously a picture of her today. Bill Clinton, you could see his face is photoshopped in there. And it's a, an, an older picture of him. I mean, come on. Are we that dumb? And listen, there are news sources out there that you can look to and compare. And you know what? I read many of them. I try to get my news from five, six different sources. I spend the first hour of my day trolling through different news sources. And when I catch on to a story... What I do is I Google it, then I go to Yahoo, I go to different search engines. Because if you see now, if you go to Google and search Clinton, Hillary Clinton, you're going to see certain things that come up on Google that don't come up on Yahoo, that don't come up on Bing. Even the search engines are starting to cherry pick what they want to put out there based on what candidate they want to promote. I will give you that there is some media bias. There's a ton of media bias. But you can't dismiss everything and say, well, that, then where are you getting in your information? Then it's just you? Well, what, what, are you, what are you actually interviewing all these people and you know the facts?
So what are you, that worldly that you're flying all over the world in the middle of the night and gathering all this news? So then what are you basing your information on? You can't discredit every media outlet and say, well, it's all, it's all bullshit. Well, then what's the source? What's the right source? What is your source? And when you ask a person that, like I asked a person in this thread, they can't give you a source. They basically just dismiss everything you throw at them and say, oh, that's, a, that's not a credible source. Well, something's got to be credible. Something has to be credible. What's your credible source? Well, I just know. Oh, really? I mean, this is really crazy where our country's going. It really is. And with regards to the stuff going on at these protests and, and these clashes, listen, you know what? Trump, you know, he, you, the people that are protesting him, you are proving him right. That's what you're doing. And, you know, it's funny. I consider the supporters of the candidates the most detrimental part of the candidates right now. I'm starting to see that the supporters are the most detrimental part because when you have Trump going to a rally and saying how we need to strengthen our borders, people are acting like animals, and then you have people outside with Mexican flags beating other people, throwing bottles at people, burning American flags. You're proving him right. You are actually giving credibility to the things he's saying about you. Why would someone calls you an animal and you act like one? What's wrong with you? What you want to do is show that you are not the things he's saying you are. I mean, this is insane. What's happening in this country right now? You know, and, and I've always said, you know, Trump right now, the, the only thing I really like about him right now is, you know, it's like going to the Kentucky Derby and you see all horses in there and there's brown horses and there's, and these are the same. Trump is a zebra in the race because he's, he's not a Democrat. He's not a Republican. Trump is about Trump. He's about himself. He's about his own ego. So he's half Democrat, half Republican, half black, half white. He is a zebra in this race. And that's the only thing I actually like about him is he doesn't fit the mold. And if you want change, that's change. At the same time, though, how can I bring myself to consciously vote for a man that I have no idea what the hell his policies are? It's amazing how people hear what they don't, what they want to hear based on their own feelings and emotions. No one's listening. Listen, people, the best way to educate yourself in a discussion sometimes is to listen. How do you learn more? When you went to school, did you walk into the classroom and start talking? No. You listened. You read. When you go to school, what do you do? You listen and read. Nowadays, we don't listen or read. We talk. We talk and we talk over people. It's really insane how this happens. It really is. And this is the problem right now. No one is listening to one another because when we see a statement, we read a statement, or we hear a statement, we already attach our emotion to it. We only see certain words. Trump, if you're talking bad about him and I'm a Trump supporter, I'm going to come at you no matter what. We see Clinton, if you're attacking my candidate, I'm going to come at you. And we don't think objectively. Where Everybody right now is on pure emotion because it's a, I'm telling you, 
Half the Trump supporters are there because they hate Clinton. Half the Clinton supporters are there because they hate Trump. And it's all based on emotion. And this is going to go bad for us. It's getting worse every day. It really is getting worse every day. Man, that topic took a lot longer than I wanted to. Um, <laughs> other things in the news. Um, I, the, the Stanford rape case has just blown my mind. And I'm going to tell you a, a story. I was a Bergen County attorney before I was a judge, and we had a great, and I was a criminal defense attorney, and we had a great judge in uh, Bergen County. His name was Bruce Gator. He has since passed away. And Bruce Gator sat in a criminal division, and there was a, a sexual assault case between a female teacher and a male high school student. And the male high school student was uh, 16 years old, and the teacher was obviously much older, and they had an affair. And Judge Gaeta heard all the evidence, and it's funny, a guy I went to law school with, Martin Delaney was the prosecutor on this case, was looking for jail time from the, for the teacher. And when Judge Gaeta looked at the evidence in the case, uh, one of the things he looked at was the effect on the victim. There was no doubt about it, there was a sexual assault. None whatsoever. Part of the weight in determining a sentence is aggravating factors versus mitigating factors. That's how you determine a sentence in criminal court. You weigh aggravating and mitigating factors. Some of the aggravating factors, again, become the level of the crime, the likelihood that the crime will be repeated to prevent the public from committing similar crimes. And then, of course, the mitigating factors are the effect on the victim, uh, the, the character and quality of the person of the defendant, whether this was outside their character, things along those lines. In the case I'm referring to in, in, that took place in Bergen County, the victim showed no signs of having any traumatic effect, none whatsoever. And Judge Gaeta, in his judgment, gave the teacher five years probation. And the judge said, listen, I have a victim here who is not affected by this crime. I have a defendant here whose life is basically ruined. Putting her in jail is not going to endanger our society in any way because the teacher is no longer around students. Her career is done. She's not getting a pension. She's not going to work anymore. No one's going to hire this woman. Instead, let's put her on five years probation, keep her away from kids, let her get her therapy. The victim doesn't seem any worse for the wear. You know what? I think five years probation is appropriate. Judge Gator was absolutely crushed on this decision. There were protests outside um, the school, outside the courthouse. Um, it, it was bad. In fact, Judge Gaeta was moved from the criminal division and put in landlord, tenant, and, and special part. Um, it, it was basically a punishment against Judge Gaeta. Um, a lot of attorneys came to the aid of Judge Gaeta and said, you know what? This was wrong. You know, he weighed the facts, he weighed the evidence, he looked at things and basically made a determination that, you know what, I'm sorry, um, this is not a situation where there needs to be incarceration. It just isn't. Okay.
That's one rape case. Then what we have is what happened in Stanford, which couldn't be any more night and day different from the example I just gave you. The situation with the Stanford rape case is completely different. This is a college kid who took advantage of a girl and absolutely positively raped her. This is a sexual assault. And there's, you can't color this in any words that would come close to convincing me that this is not a case of rape, sexual assault, man on woman, period, end of story. The judge in the Stanford case um, is this judge, Aaron Persky, who is getting a huge backlash, much like Judge Gata did. But in my opinion, what this judge is facing is everything he's got coming to him. I mean, to say that, you know, Judge Persky looked at things like he followed a recommendation from the county probation department and cited, you know, this clean, this this kid Turner, whoever this this sick bastard is, his clean criminal record and the effect the conviction will have on his life? Are you kidding me? His clean criminal record is freaking 18 years old, however old he is. What do you expect him to have? What kind of record do you expect him to have? He's a freshman in college or whatever the hell he is in college. What, what do you expect, a long criminal history out of him? If he had a long criminal history, we should put the kid, we should put him on death row at this point in his life. You're going to look at, that's like me as a, when I signed in a municipal court in South Hackensack. That's like someone getting a, a speeding ticket at 19 years old and turning around and saying to me, Judge, I have no, really no history of speeding tickets. You've been driving for two years. Of course you don't. You shouldn't. If you did have a history of speeding and you're only 19 years old, I'm taking your license away. Then you're a menace on the roads. So to say, well, you know, I don't have a, a long criminal history. How can you? You're barely alive. So to follow that is, I mean, this judge is out of his mind. You know, the prosecution argued for six years in prison for crimes that have could have gotten this kid Turner 10. So right off the bat, they were looking for six years as opposed to 10. I mean, this is absolutely insane what this judge did. I mean, online criminal, listen to this, ready for this, I'm going to read this. Online records show Turner is expected to be released from jail after three months. Three months. He got a six-month jail sentence. They wanted six years. He gave him six months. He's only going to do three. I mean, th this is absolutely unbelievable what this judge did. I, You know, listen. One judge, Curiel, is being attacked by Trump because of the fact he's a Mexican. And we have another judge being attacked based on a decision that he rendered in a rape case. Now, everyone sit back and tell me which attack on a judge 
seems to be more appropriate under those circumstances. The attack on somebody for being Mexican and not being able to do his job because I'm going to build a wall. I'm going to build a wall. He's Mexican. I'm building a wall. Or the attack on a judge who somehow sees a rape case where the recommendation is six years and you give six months when it could have been 10 years. That's how you attack a judge coming full circle in this podcast, by the way. That's how you attack a judge. You look at the judgment of the judge, hence judge, and look at that. I mean, one of the things that was said about him is they said his statements during the sentencing show that he does not understand sexual violence. He does not understand violence against women. I mean, this is for the judge to make statements on the record that that's what people are saying about you. And this is not about his race. This is not about whether or not he can do the job because he's a man. That's not how they're attacking him. Now, this is I want to read this, though, to be fair. Lawyers who have appeared in Persky's court have called him a fair and respected judge. He has no record of judicial discipline and previously worked as a Santa Clara County prosecutor responsible for keeping sexual predators locked up. It, it baffles my mind that this judge looked at this case, looked at the facts of this case, and made this decision where prosecutors are acting. Let me tell you, I've done a lot of sentencings. I have never seen a sentencing that goes from six years to six, to six months. I've never ever seen that and all the times i've walked in criminal court i've never ever seen a a deviation from a sentence from six years to six months now i've seen two years get exchanged for probation i've seen three years get exchanged for probation in circumstances where there was it was like a victimless crime but you have a rape victim here you have a woman that will be forever scarred by this, and you determined that you were concerned about this kid and the rest of his life and the fact that he had a clean, a clean criminal record coming in and the effect the conviction is going to have on him, on this Brock Turner kid? I'm sorry, I I don't see that one at all. So where I defended, you know, Judge Curiel on the one thing, I, I got to kill Judge Persky on this one. I'm sorry, Judge Persky. You know, I, I would have never, ever, ever consider that that type of sentence. Never. Um that, that really bothered me. And, and that girl's statement to the court. That's the other thing. You know, normally the, the victims read statements in the court. When you hear the victim's statement and you hear the father of this swimmer, you want to say, now I know why that kid did what he did. Because look at what his father said. Look at, look at the insensitivity in the father. Now I know why the kid is what he is. Because the, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree in that one. And let me tell you, that young lady... I wish you the absolute best in life. I am praying for you, and you're going to be awesome in life because the strength you showed in that courtroom. And you know what? Vice President Joe Biden, uh, your open letter was amazing. Um, Good for you. 
it's it's crazy. You know, some of the stuff. I mean, listen, I don't know if you saw this. There was a video out going on social media. There was a dad who attacked his daughter's killer in court. A uh, guy was standing there and he, he looked at his daughter's killer who smirked, jumped over the table and attacked him. Let me tell you, if that was my daughter in Stanford and that kid got six months, this is not very lawyer-like. This is not very former judge-like. I probably would have jumped across the table at that kid, much like the father did in the other case where the, the, the defendant smirked at him after his daughter's dead. I would have been all over that kid in the courtroom. I, we'd be having a trial for me right now. Guys, uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, this was an emotional one for me. I got hot under the collar on this one. Um, and I think I deserve an absolute... You guys should like this this video if for no other reason than I was able to censor my language because I really wanted to go off on this one. Everyone, enjoy. Have a great weekend. Um, keep listening to the podcast. Spread the word. Vince August signing off. <laughs>